Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast, the summer series, featuring discussions by Re and other members of our community as part of Coffee Talk, presented for the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. To learn more about IDEA, visit ideadance.org. Season 3 for Regold's Dance Life Podcast will be back at the end of summer. Enjoy this bonus Coffee Talk series. Take it away, Ree. Miss Lara, we have a great show today. It's uh, our Coffee Talk. We're going to welcome Ashley Cantorna Hardy to our talk. Today, we're going to focus on balancing the family with the commitment to either owning a studio or teaching many hours a week. And it's a discussion that comes up often in seminars and how do you balance things. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. But for our members, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you have Libra Dance in Warminster, Pennsylvania. Correct, yeah. Tell us about the studio and yourself and your momhood, my friend. Yeah, so um, my first baby was Libra Dance Studio. I created her August 1st, 2011. So we just celebrated our 10th anniversary in August, which I'm super proud of. Um, I had my first child, Cole Thomas, last September. He just celebrated his first birthday. Um, so you know, great timing during a world pandemic to have my first and save my business. And also we built a house. So there was lots of moving parts during that crazy year, but um, I wouldn't have it any other way because we have Cole and he's amazing. Um, My studio is in Warminster. Like I said, we have, we've grown a lot. We have about this year, we have 500 students. So we're a big studio. Um, Yeah. So big, big studio and baby number one. And you know, my priority baby number two, for sure. Okay, I want to, I know we're going to talk balancing family, but I got a couple studio questions for you. Mm-hmm. Is the number 500 higher than last year? Yes, last year we were just shy of 400. And this year we're at five, right, right under 500. What do you attribute to that growth? Um, I would say a few things, consistent um, social media presence for sure. Um, I think my clientele overall is very happy with, um, we're in Pennsylvania, COVID restrictions last year were really um, intense. Um, Class sizes were limited, but people were really happy with our policies and procedures and how we handled COVID. Um, So we actually grew last year. Um, we had to throw more classes. We lost a lot of babies. My baby program cut in half. Um, but I had a lot of like six and up kids take on more classes and just, I guess, because their parents felt comfortable sending them to us. Um, so there's that. And then I'm also an IDEA member. So continuing education is so important. And then I'm also in the Gold Alliance. And I think what I've learned between those two programs, I've implemented a lot. And I think that I really say that those are the real reasons why we've grown. Very cool. Um, one more question in that area. Where, what age range have you seen the biggest growth in? Well, I'm very happy to say that this year, all of my babies came back. 
that was my biggest thing. I lost over 60 babies. When I say babies, they're my five and under. Mm -hmm. Um, So my combo classes, my creative booming classes, um, I lost over 60 last year and I had 75 come back into my program. Um, So that's where my biggest growth was for this year. And then also in my company program, I had a lot of recreational kids who were my once or twice a weekers. Um, I pulled them. I invited them one-on-one personally to audition for teams. So our team went from about 40 dancers to um, 55 this year. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as a new mom, how did you adjust for yourself when all this growth to continue to have time to be Lara and mom? Yeah, I Mm-hmm. I made a big adjustment um, last season. Um, going into the fall, I was I had him September 22nd, so not really great planning to have your first child at the beginning of the season, but it is what it is. And when I found out that I was going to have him in September, I, I said to myself, well, I can't continue teaching 30 classes a week. There's just no way. I can't do that. And I don't, it's not that I can't. Let me rephrase that. I don't want to do that. My goal as a studio owner, um, when I opened my studio when I was 25, was that I wanted to be able to be at home with my babies. That was my always my goal. That by the time I had my first, I wanted to be able to be at home with them. And if that meant um, teaching maybe one night a week or on Saturdays or, or not teaching at all, I wanted to have that flexibility and freedom. So I kind of just always work towards getting the business as a well-oiled machine the best that I could. Um, And I got to that position where I went down from teaching four days a week, just down to Saturdays last year. Um, And that was amazing because there were so many moving parts. I'm sure we all know with COVID Um, what we had to go virtual, like within 24 hours again in December, we made that happen. Um, There was just a lot of uncertainties too and having a newborn at home I I wanted to I didn't have I didn't feel comfortable hiring help I didn't feel comfortable putting him in daycare um there was just a lot of a lot of uncertainties as a new mom and um my priority was always Cole it just shifted once once I had him it was like you're number one and Libra's number two (laughs) like my family's number one now and it just kind of happens it like a switch goes off in you and not that I don't love Libra Dance Studio but Libra Dance Studio is now shifted to number two spot. And yeah, go ahead, Ray. No, it looks I, like you have something to say. <laughs> I do. I was going to let you finish, but I was going to say, so really uh, what you're saying is that you can have both. You just have to make sure that you initiate it. You have to make it happen for yourself because... Yeah. If you were at 400 last year and you're at 500 this year and you cut back on your teaching, then you have literally strategized this out so you can have the life you want, which is an important reminder. Mm -hmm. You're in control. The business isn't in control. Yeah. I I always, this is like something that I always say, like we all have different hats that we wear, the analogy that I use. And I have like my mom and my wife hat that I have, my business hat and my teacher hat. So when I made that decision, when I was looking at all of my hats, I'm like, I can't wear all three. I can can juggle two, but I can't juggle three. 
And the one that I could let go of was the teaching one. I'm not going to have someone run my business. It's my business. I'm not going to have someone raise my child and be a wife. That's my hat that I have to wear, want to wear. So when it came down to it, I just made sure that I had the right teachers in my studio that understand my culture and what I want and what I want the kids and the families to experience. And I was very lucky that I had that team in place by the time I had Cole. Um, and when I pulled back, I literally just said to them, who wants another night? And they're all like me. And it just was amazing. All my teachers took on another night or took on more hours or took on different jobs, you know, that I had laid out, whether it's helping with social media or helping registering competitions, just little jobs here or there that they took on. I was very blessed that I had a really good team that really stepped up and wanted to invest more into my business and help me. I want to ask uh, one more question, then we're going to bring on Ashley Cantorna Hardy, who is a mom of four, and we're going to continue this discussion. For those who are watching or will be watching over the next week, did you have clientele that got upset because their kids weren't taking from you anymore? Yes. Um, I think that it was a big shock when I first made that announcement that I was going from teaching a lot of company classes down to teaching none. Um, I have all, it was all baby classes on Saturdays that I was teaching. Um, from a personal perspective, I knew that I had great company teachers and choreographers who could do that job. But I think we all know the babies are the bread and the butter. And since I already lost so many, I wanted to put on my white pair of gloves and handle them with such care so that I wouldn't lose any more than I already lost because of COVID. So my company girls were going to stay no matter who their choreographer was. Were they, were they bummed that it wasn't me? Sure. But for me, it's like I, when I had to pick who I wanted to, who I felt needed to take priority in that situation, it was my babies. Um, so I, I made that decision that I was just handing over my company level classes and the, some of them cried like company girl. I felt bad. I felt really bad, but I said to them, like, listen, I'm having Cole in September. I'm like, I can't, I'm not rushing back to the studio. I don't know how my body's going to be. I need time. Um, I don't want to feel pressured that I have to run back to choreograph solos and to choreograph groups. Like, and I was like, and, and I also don't want to stress you guys out because you deserve to have a season that's normal. And that's how I explained to the parents. Like I have great choreographers, no choreography needs to be rushed now. So, and to be honest, the moms understood. The yeah. moms, the moms understood. They're moms, they understand. Good words that you use there. I, I agree with you. And having the ability to not go home at night and go, I can't give this up because I'm disappointing the kids is a hump that you are able to get over for yourself. Because I'm sure we have many listeners that are like, well, I couldn't give up that group, whatever group it is, mm -hmm. because I'd be disappointing those kids. I've heard people say, well, business isn't good, but I'm staying in because I don't want to disappoint those kids. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is what's right for you. And you made that choice and didn't feel guilty. That's a point I want to 
I don't know, put an exclamation point on for our members? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're always going to want you. They are. But here's the thing. Like I said, you, you can't juggle all the hats all the time. You have to set them in priority. And I am back this year to teaching one night a week. And I do have some company level classes. It's two okay. senior classes and one junior. And it's amazing how those little ones are working real hard this year to try to get into that junior and senior level class because they want me. But I kind of like that. I like that, that they know that they have to work really hard to get me back. So, you know, that, that's not saying in a, any type of cocky way by any means, but it's just no, more, it's just more that they, they're like, oh, Miss Laura teaches senior modern. Miss Laura teaches junior jazz. I want to be in that class. So I have to stay in petite and mini and work hard. Like I hear them saying that to each other and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. You want the reward. How cool is <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, like, like it's kind of weird, but <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Let's uh, bring on Ashley. Ashley Cantorna Hardy viewers is joining us. Hi, Miss Ashley. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm going to uh, make this comment just because I've got it for a long time, but I've never said it to your face, is you look way too young to be a mom of four. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I have gotten those comments when I'm at Target with four of them, like trying to wrangle them as I go through the store. People look at me like... And I'm always like, I'm, I'm 36 now, like I swear, but I appreciate it. <laughs> you uh, don't look 36. You look like you're 17 and good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Ashley, for our viewers who may not know who you are, though, I consider you a very, very famous girl. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up and am still in Maryland. I trained at a, a local studio called Edna Lee Dance Studio. And then I moved on to train at the Kirov Academy of Ballet in Washington, DC. I trained there for all of my high school years. Uh, I traveled and performed internationally, um, nationally and internationally after I graduated. Uh, and then I came back to my hometown and am teaching where I grew up. And I got married at 23 and now have four babies. And I teach at the studio Emily I grew up uh, at. I'm also the artistic director for their company program. And I put on uh, the Nutcracker annually there. And I also uh, am resident choreographer at Akhmedova Ballet Academy, which is also, it's a woman that used to uh, teach at the Kirov Academy of Ballet. So I'm at both of those places right now. Very cool. I, I was somebody who watched you grow up and uh, you were a, and are a beautiful dancer. Thank you. Thank um, you. Ashley, you're a mom of four handling that schedule that you just told me about. Yeah. Um, how did life change for you after, let's say, the first one was born? What, what decisions did you make as a teacher? Well, I didn't make those decisions until after she was born because in my head, I was superhuman. And I believed that I would have her and I would be back within weeks and it would be just normal. And it certainly wasn't. I uh, didn't think about um, a lot of the things that would change in my marriage and in my life 
it was great. It's great. Like I said, we have four babies. We've been married 14 years, but it's, um, it definitely rocked all of that. And I had to reevaluate, um, exactly what Laura was saying, uh, my priorities and I'm super passionate and always have been about dance. Um, so I was afraid as we were talking about to give up the things that I had worked so hard for and loved, but every time I left my daughter, it was really difficult for me. The first one more than ever, just because I didn't have any, um, guide and I didn't, you know, now after my fourth one, it's, it is kind of like a well-oiled machine, you know, but it, it was not. So I had to reevaluate my hours. I didn't like missing bedtime for her. I didn't like missing, you know, family dinner, all of those things that I didn't think about. I thought it would be, oh, my husband will put her to bed. I'll come home, this and that. But it was things that I didn't want to give up. Um, I didn't realize that until I had her. So um, I was at the studio probably, like I said, 2.30 to 9.30 every day, almost Monday through Friday before I had her. Um, and I had to fully reevaluate that. I said, I limited myself to one late night per week and the rest I had to, I, I made the choice to cut back and be finished by six or 6.30. Um, I decided I couldn't teach all like five days a week. I had to, you know, pick and choose and, and decide what I could and couldn't keep doing um for my mental health too it was almost more for me than her she was doing well but it was me that wasn't um and i didn't like how i felt i didn't like how that felt and um i felt like i was missing out on time with my own for everybody else's and giving my best version of myself to other people and other people's children and i wasn't able to do that at home and i noticed it about myself and my family noticed it everybody was noticing that but I hadn't changed it. And I had my daughter, just like Laura said, I had her in October. So that season had just started. So I was kind of in it until June. And I had to really figure that out throughout that process, you know, so that was really eye opening for me. But I feel like I've, you know, gotten that under control, because since then, I've had three more. So <laughs> <laughs> So um, what are your hours like at this point? I know you said like 2.30 to 9 before. Wasn't that crazy? I know. And I loved every second of it. I could have done more, I feel like, at the time. But um, uh, now I have um, this year, every year I kind of try something new. Uh, when my kids were little, it was a lot easier um, because they were, I was home with them all day long. And then when I would leave by 4 p.m., I had had so much time with them. So even if I worked for three or four hours, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, it was almost like a, a nice release, you know, um, to do something that you loved as your job and also get that little break from motherhood, which is very demanding. Uh, but so now I have kids in school and that makes it much more difficult um, when they get home and you're like, I see you 30 or 40 minutes and then I got to go to work. And that's just hard on them. And you're like, it's not just hard on you. It's hard on the kid too. So this year I, um, I decide to make my Mondays my heavy day because for me, having the first day of the week be the longest and the hardest makes the rest of the week a lot easier. So I, um, Mondays I teach from four to 8.30 or four to nine. Um, and my daughter is there the whole time. So I backed my daughter, my schedule exact. So she's always at the studio when I'm at the studio. So it also alleviates having the babysitter have four kids rather, you know, she has three instead of four. Um, and I tried to set my son's stuff up 
alongside that as well. Um, Tuesdays, I teach four to six. Wednesdays, I teach four to six. Thursdays, I don't teach at all unless I'm doing guest choreography at Akhmedova's Ballet Academy. Um, and Friday, I teach like four to seven. So it's still quite a bit, but it allows me to see them after school for about an hour and then still be home for dinner time, homework, bedtime, bath time. Last night we played kickball out back. Um, like just, I, you know, I don't want to miss those things. So for now, because I do have to work financially as well, I love what I do, but I also need to work. <laughs> um, uh, that is what I, that is where we are right now. And then Saturdays, I actually only during the months of um, September through December, do I do weekends? I just do nutcrackers on Saturdays from about nine to two. And then I, I set my boundaries. I will not do any private lessons, nothing after that. And I do nothing on Sundays because I want those days to be just family. Um, and I also might be like, I, I, I don't feel bad. This sounds terrible, but I don't feel bad about getting subs. Anytime my kids have something super special, like I don't miss, I don't miss. Mm. Okay, so uh, for our members that are listening, how'd you, were you at one point feeling guilty about something like that? Yes, for sure, because you are always going to get comments or whatnot from parents, but mm -hmm. honestly, I, I have far past being worried about that, because like I said, I don't want to miss things for my children, for someone else's child. Right. Um, I care for them. I love them. I give them the best version of me when I'm there. There's no question. Mm -hmm. This year more than ever, I think with COVID, we've all realized so many things that that were uncertain and lost. And I, I have not wasted a minute as a teacher when I'm there. But like my kids had back to school night, I could have sent my husband, but let's be real, that wasn't going to be the best idea. So I, <laughs> so I was like, you know, I have and I'm going to back to school night. I want to know what's going on with my kids. I want to know right. how to check their grades. I want to know what actually happened at the meeting, you know? So, and my son, for example, my son, Noah is eight and Gabby gets my, my time all the time. She's always with me. Um, I don't want him to feel that. Um, that I'm missing anything for him. So if he has a really right. special game or something, like I will get a sub and go to it. And lucky for us, again, the culture of our studio is very family oriented. So I actually don't have too much trouble with that um, because they actually really do understand uh, where I'm coming from with that. So I don't really have too much issue with parents with that. I would like to say something about that comment. I think for those who are listening or watching this, it's more our fear of how they're gonna react than the way they really will yeah. react because they're parents. Right, it's very true. And it's I think- It's our I, own guilt almost, yeah, sorry. I, I'm, no, mm -hmm. no, I'm such a people pleaser and that's not always the best quality. Um, I've had to really work on myself with that because I don't want to let it's like you were saying before don't want to let kids down I don't want to let you know but if you try to do that for everyone you, you're you end up miserable like I've had full full-blown like I'm in misery but everybody else is happy that's a problem mm -hmm. you know right. um so but I I do I, I worry I could worry myself over anything so I just um my biggest 
thing that I have worked on, especially since having Jonah, he's only six months old, but I've already gotten much better at it or just my boundaries and what is and isn't okay. Um, people will try to make you feel a certain way um, about what you're doing, but it's not about them. Like you have to actually set your own and yours are going to be very different than somebody else's. But I'm watching my kids and people have always said to me, like, don't blink. And you're like, oh yeah, it's going to, but it's like so true. You know, I have a, a, an 11 year old this month and I'm like, I cannot miss this. I can't miss mm -hmm. it. It's going so fast. Mm -hmm. But I think anybody that knows me knows that my family comes first. That's it. They are going yeah. to come first and, and they respect that and they still want me to teach them. So they'll take the time that they can get, but they understand that it's not going to be, I can't give your daughter their private or your son, their private lesson every single Wednesday from three to four, it's not going to happen, you know? So let's figure out something that will work for all of us. And honestly, it has people have respected that throughout the process, which is good. It's just me that had to learn how mm -hmm. to, how to be okay with it myself. And I think it's also about like, it goes back to what you said too. It's like you, you as a teacher, it's in you to want to invest everything you have into your students. But then you have to remember like you're a mom first. So you have to prioritize that because you hope that they get teachers who want to invest in in them you know when they're when your child is the student but you're 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 their only mom like that's one thing I love I love with Cole it's like I I love the fact that I get to be with him all day all day I get to be with him and and that's so like I, I say to my husband all the time I'm like it's such a blessing like don't you understand what a blessing this is that like someone gets to be home with him all day long like you know, we just, we'll go for walks and we'll do like, there's, we can make the schedule, whatever I want it to be. We can do swim class at 10, 15 on a Tuesday. We can do a mommy and me class at another studio. That's not mine at 12 o'clock on a Wednesday, you know, like that's the flexibility that we have. That's so beautiful about our industry that we can be with our babies. But at the same time, like you were saying, it flips because we are the after school activity. So when it comes to when they get into school, we still have to make sure that we adjust as a mom what we need to do to adjust so that there is that balance and our kids I have that quote in my head it's like the days are long but the years are short like Cole turned one September 22nd it's like how that was the fastest year of my life and Hands they get down. faster the second they get into school it is literally like a like a time warp. Like, I don't even understand mm -hmm. it and I I'll some advice I could give would be um one of the things that I've loved so much at, as my kids got into the school age was I'm like known at the school as like room mom, right? Perfect. So like I'm there all the time because the babies, then I see them all the time. So I'll say, okay, to my husband who's working from home ever since COVID, which has been honestly as, as terrible as all of the things that came along with COVID, that has been a blessing because he even said, he's like, I've watched Eli and Jonah grow up more than any of our other kids mm -hmm. because I'm home now working from home, but I'll leave them with Josh, you know, for his lunch hour and I'll go up to the school and I will, you know, volunteer at lunch and be at every single school party and every, you know, those things too, that maybe other moms aren't able to do. So then that kind of guilt is like, oh, well, right. you know, you kind of, you have to pick and choose because you can't, you can have it all sure, but there are of course going to be times where you can't 
be everywhere. You can't physically be everywhere, especially mm-hmm. if you have to work or, you know, want to work at either, either cause. Um, but so being heavily involved at their schools is also such a blessing uh, and something that I have, like, I literally look forward to, like, I know I'll miss it when they're, you know, grown up. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been something that I make a priority as well um, with my school aged kids while, you know, because then I know later on, maybe I'll be teaching a few classes, but I had seen them and spent lunch with them. You know, it's fun. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you say to those people, studio owners or teachers who feel like they can't make that time? Because there are, there are members in my organization or teachers that I talk with at seminars that feel like they're so busy and they feel guilt for not being able to do it. But in my head, I'm listening to you guys and it's almost like you guys say, oh no, (laughs) this is my priority. There's not a question here. How did someone get over that hump that maybe feels guilt? I think when you have a plan and a team, like the people who Mm -hmm. you're working with, that you make sure everyone else also feels comfortable with. I think that the this is coming from, from just like our program, but knowing that if I say I can't meet with you this week, but so-and-so can, and the parents already know who so-and-so is, they know that we are always in communication with each other about the students. And mm-hmm. they know that it's somebody... For me as a mom, that would be great for me, you know, knowing that, okay, I'm not going to be working with Gabby this week, but so-and-so is, um, no, like having that team in place is super important. And I know that's not always easy to find. I, I totally get that. But I think that's important. Always having people you can go to that yeah. also parents know who it is, not just somebody random that I brought in, you know, because then everybody goes, what, like, who is that? And why are they here? Or what are they doing? Or what are their credentials? Like knowing who that team member is that's going to maybe pick up your shift that you you know you needed I need to be somewhere it's not an option that's how I feel about it it's not an option I'm going to this so we'll figure it out um Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of important I don't know Laura if you feel that go ahead Laura yeah I would say as a studio owner don't feel bad delegating tasks that other people can do um I think about it all the time as a studio owner like what what is my hourly rate versus an admin rate for a person who can handle my newsletters now that I'm paying someone to do? Um, I just hired a company director. Our company dancer, our company program went up to 55 this year. And those dancers are dancing anywhere from four, three, four hours a week up to 15 hours a week. So those are the parents who have the most questions, the most emails or the most active in my inbox. That's the ones that's always coming in with questions. So I literally said to myself, I can either feel like I'm drowning in those emails and those newsletters and creating all of that, or I can find a way in the budget to get someone to handle that. Um, and I, I figured it out. I said to myself, I need to get someone for that department to head it and to run it, to go to this person is my company director. She's getting a monthly stipend and she handles all the newsletters. She goes to every dance competition from start to finish. Um, so if I want to go, I can, but I don't have to go because I'm paying someone to be there. Um, she's going to all team building events, photo shoots, 
everything that I have for the season, it's covered within her monthly stipend. Um, and that as a mom, whoo, the weight that I feel like coming off of my shoulders, knowing that like, I looked at this busy calendar, that's a lot of competition company things going on. But I know that a majority of them is optional for me. That is such a nice feeling that like, I have that in place now. So when I'm in Ashley's position, when if Cole gets on a travel soccer team and he has his championship game and it's the weekend of a dance competition, do you think I'm going to a dance competition? Nope. <laughs> and I'm not going to feel bad not going to a dance competition right. because I have that system in place. I'm not missing his game. And I don't even care if it's a championship game. He could be two and playing soccer tops. Like, I don't want to miss that either. You know, you don't want whatever to miss it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My guess is your son will be a champion, my friend. Oh, thanks. You <laughs> might I be a actually, champion of just tying his shoes. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your little man. So I have uh, a question, actually. Either one of you can answer this. It's from Judy. Any suggestions for an owner who is trying to step back but is experiencing pushback from her staff? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, I would say if she's getting pushback from her staff, I would think maybe think about how you're approaching it with them. Um, maybe say I'm very, how I approached it with my teachers. It's not like I'm having a baby and I'm taking a step away. It was like, wow, we've grown and I'm trying to get my systems in place. I want to make sure that my business is running as well as possible. And I have these job opportunities opening up and I wanted to offer it to my staff first to see who's interested. This is not me saying like, I'm overwhelmed and I'm moving back. And like, I didn't, I didn't say it that way to them. I said like, I have more job opportunities for my current staff. And I wanted to see who's interested and who's available for these departments or these opportunities, these projects. Um, I didn't really get any pushback, but I think it was also how I offered it because it was not, I'm feeling overwhelmed, but it was like, here's more opportunities for you to work if you want them. If you don't, that's okay, but here's more opportunities. And I feel like because of the pandemic, a lot of, I hate to say this, a lot of studios suffered and a lot of studios downsized and there wasn't as many opportunities for my teachers at other places. So when I started taking a step back, they needed another night to work. They needed extra income because other studios were downsizing. They might have lost a night in another studio. So timing worked out well for me that my teachers were looking and anxious for more work. Um, but I think it's how you approach them with it, with more of an opportunity rather than you wanting to step, focusing on stepping back, even though I knew that's what I was doing, but it was more approaching it as an opportunity for them to get more involved. I really have to say, I love that answer. Don't make it about, you need to step back. Make it about, this is, we're going to make some really cool changes here. We're going to open some doors for you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this next level of our school. I, I think oftentimes when it comes to communicating, whether it's to our faculty and staff or to parents in the studio, is the language we use and how we express it rather than the point, you know? Uh, Judy, I hope that helps, my friend. 
I just want to say this because I agree with it. Uh, Tammy writes, I wish I could go back 30 years and have this kind of advice and support as a young mom. Every mother who is a studio owner needs to hear this. So I want to tell you that Tammy, what she's saying is the way it was, because I grew up with the dance teacher mom. My mom would say, I love to go to that game, but you know it's my advanced class. Okay, now I want to say this. I, because I danced, I can't say I didn't understand, but I don't know that my mother could have thought back then that it would be okay to make it a priority or that her students wouldn't get mad, all right, and even their parents because she went to see Rees, whatever it was, instead mm -hmm. of teaching their kids. I think only in these like last decade or so, a woman standing up and going, wait, wait, I can do this and I don't want to miss it. Uh, so that's my editorial on that comment. You know, I used to yeah. go to, this is something that sticks in my mind. I go to my friend's houses and that one kid in particular and, Every day he'd come home from school and his clothes that he was supposed to change into were laid out all neatly on his bed, his shoes and everything. I used to go, wow, that is so cool, you know? Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's making it a priority and I encourage our members to listen closely to this because I do believe you can do both and we're in a world where it will be way more accepted than it was when I was growing up or even 30 years ago when Tammy's kids were growing up. Mm -hmm. Comments on that? Yeah, I think that it's just, um... Pre-planning, I think it's super, super important, which I wasn't good at before I had Gabby because I could kind of live on the fly, you know? Um, but I think uh, having, well, Laura is a studio owner and lucky for me, uh, the woman that owns the studio has also been very accepting of um, those things. Like I haven't had pushback mm -hmm. at all from her for the entire time I've you know, had the kids and she's also really welcoming if I bring them in and I'm teaching she'll and she's not teaching she'll take them in a room and play with them like the atmosphere and environment has been really amazing for myself and my kids so I'm very thankful for that because I'm not sure if that's something that people can um, almost you know talk about before you know signing on to having their job or whatever you know I'm a mom and this that and the other um but for me, um, with what you were saying before, it's just for, I have to literally know, like the night before I have to set out, like last night, the entire day for today, I need to know how many bottles I need to leave out, whose food I have to leave before, who's taking Noah to first communion class. Eli woke up throwing up this morning. It was, he did like, it's just, but so that was not planned, but everything else, it's like, you have to just kind of pre-plan it and know what's going on and have all of that in place and don't budge 
for your guilt and don't budge for someone complaining and saying, I need an extra private lesson. Well, I'm really sorry. I cannot give you an extra private lesson today because I already have X, Y, Z and that's that, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So for me really becoming way more on top of things like that, where I could just before text somebody or email somebody and say, I can work with your kid today at one, you know, whatever. And it, but that's kind of stuff can't happen anymore. Like it's, you know, we're not there anymore. So I don't know, just being in control and being confident with your choices and, and setting those boundaries has definitely made a difference for me. And I think it almost has made people respect me more than they did before. Um, Oh yeah because of that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool too. I had someone say to me, um, in a business seminar, it's just dance. We're not curing cancer. We're not on call all the time. You need, you, you deserve to have your family time. I was like, Hmm. And they're like, and there's no dance emergencies. Really? It can wait till Monday. You don't have to respond on Sunday. You don't, like, there's like little things that I like, I say to myself, like when I get those emails on Sunday morning and I, I have the urge to like sit up in bed and respond right away. But I'm like, I don't want them to think that I'm going to respond at 11 on a Sunday. I want to be hanging out with my kids at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. So I wait until business hours on Monday. But like, that was a personal thing that I had to train myself to do that and put up that boundary, like you're saying, and be like, no, Sundays, I don't do studio stuff. I don't post on social media. I don't, I don't respond to emails. I don't send out newsletters on Sundays. Like, whereas Laura, when she was 25, she sent out a newsletter on a Sunday because what was I doing on a Sunday? I was hanging out, you know? I could do that at one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. But as you mature and as you get older, your priorities shift and you your boundaries have to shift with that for sure. Well, my son's teacher, his second grade teacher said at the back to school night, she said, um, I will respond to your emails between, she's really young too, she's about 24 and she's awesome. But she said, I will respond to your emails between this hour and this hour. And after that, or before that, I will not, because she said exactly what I said earlier. She goes, I want to be the best version of myself and the best teacher to your children when I'm there. And if I'm on call 24 hours with every single question and every single concern and every, you know, I won't be. I won't be, and I need to be. And I'm like, absolutely. I would love you to be your best version of yourself when you're with my child from eight to two 30 every day. So immediately I was like, go, you go like, good for you. Yeah. I'll not email you between those hours, you know? Um, Great. Also, I just want to say FYI dance teachers or whatever owners are the best parents to deal with at school because I give these teachers no trouble because <laughs> I do not want to ever be that. So I just want to tell you, you'll be great, Laura. <laughs> All the teachers like me because I don't give them any trouble. <laughs> yeah, you won't become that mom that everybody no. walking into the school lobby. How cool is that? That's, a, that's so cool. an asset. It's a plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, some closing words of wisdom. Um, I'm going to start with you, Laura. Um, closing words of wisdom. I would say, hmm, I think it goes back to the quote that I, I literally live by it all the time. It's like the days are long, but the years are short. I look back on the last year with Cole and I made like a montage of him for the past year. And I was looking at all the pictures um, it was like a three little second little blip and I put it on Facebook and I said to myself, God, it went so fast and I wish I could relive it again. But then I said to myself, but I really wouldn't change anything. 
I didn't, I didn't miss anything. I was with him when he woke up in the middle of the night. I was with him and when he woke up from his naps at two in the afternoon, at four in the afternoon. Um, so I would say like, don't feel bad prioritizing your own children because please know that your clientele is prioritizing theirs. So it's what parents do. So make your schedule to be what you needed to be for your family to thrive. Um, because I think you're also going to be the best version of yourself as a studio owner and as a teacher, when you know that your own family is taken care of and you're coming from like a genuine place of love and not like, oh, I wish I was at home or, oh, I wish I had more time. Oh, there's not that like push pull when you know that your babies are taken care of and you have that time for them and your family, it puts you in a makes you a better teacher. It puts you in a better mindset as a studio owner. Um, so yeah, so don't feel bad doing it. Make it make it for yourself because you don't get those years. What I'm learning is like, you don't get those times back. You don't get those years back. You get one shot with your own kids. That's it. Thank you, Lara. Beautiful mm -hmm. words. Thank you. Ashley. Uh, yes. Um, I always say, um, and what I live by now too, is um, you will never regret the time that you took to spend with your kids, um, but you may end up regretting prioritizing other other people other things over that um, when you run to every single text, every single call, every single email, um, every single opportunity. Um, I've had to turn down certain opportunities that really were cool um, and exciting for my career, um, but I do not regret it for a second um, because I do feel like these are the, like the small things are the most important things. Um, and so, yeah, you will never regret that time that you take um, for your children. And I do understand that there, there are so many times where it's not always an option. Like there are things you will miss and don't beat yourself up about that. Um, for me, it goes back to even not even just dance related. I have four children. I'm not going to be able to see every single thing I've tried. And I don't think I've missed much of anything yet. And it's like, I don't, sometimes I don't know how I'm still alive, but, um, <laughs> cause it's so much, but, um, but I don't regret the, the hustle for a second. Um, because it, it just, it, it's so silly to just keep saying it goes so fast, but it does. And the kids, honestly, they, they, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They appreciate it. They appreciate it more than you realize. And they do see it more than you realize. Um, so that's something that I think for me also, I, I do want them to look back and remember that, you know, I flew in as fast as I could at 6.15 to see that game. Or I did prioritize getting a substitute that night because it was really important to them. Um, so yeah, I just think you will never regret that. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I love, love, love what I do. So I'm glad I'm able to still have both and show a love and passion for both because I also think it's important for our kids to see how hard we work to support them. Like in the end, it's for them. So like, I think it's very important. And I like that they see like strong mama who works hard and like, isn't, you know, mm -hmm. I'm glad they see that. Um, so I'm, I'm very much 50, 50 on that, which is great. Um, so I think it's very possible at the end of the day with what you're saying, like, can you have both? And I, I feel like I do. And that's one of those things that I 
do not take for granted. And I feel super blessed because um, I, I do feel like I'm living that best life right there with all of it. So very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this was such a good conversation that I want to put it out there for all studio owners, just not idea members. I'm, I might figure out how I can pull that off. Um, you guys, I, I want to say this to both of you. I so much appreciate this talk. An idea, we can talk business, we can talk about how to grow this program or figure out how to communicate with faculty and staff. But I, everything I do is called dance life. And life is about the balance of all of this. I value this conversation. I want every teacher or studio owner out there to hear it because I think part of it, part of making your children or your family or your significant other priority is sometimes a guilt feeling. Mm -hmm. And I have a friend who's a therapist who says, you, you can never feel guilt unless you've hurt someone. That's what guilt is. And so I think we gotta let that go. Maybe easier said than done but let it go. And if you're one of those people who has a hard time letting it go, start small, but keep going. Awesome. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 